Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. Tower number two of the program this hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping a local business since 1892. If you missed hour one of the show, you should check it out. Kevin Woodley, our goalie guru, joined us. His take on Thatcher Demko's recent play and how much he could continue to see time between the pipes for the Vancouver Canucks through the end of the season. 16 games remaining and also... Uh, the ingredienti of a Stanley Cup contender and where the Canucks are coming up short. Ingredienti. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have a little PDG sprinkled was on that, there. Was that a little too much for you? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the same word. <laughs> but it just it has a little Italian to yes. it. You know? <laughs> did you, uh, did you, well, you wouldn't have heard it yesterday, but uh, I uh, I talked, well, I, I had an Italian word okay, for PDG I, yesterday on the first intermission. So I didn't hear the intermission. Yeah, I was uh, preoccupied doing other things. Yeah. but I've been wanting to hear this. Okay, so we were. Do we uh, have this? We, we do. It was it was very it was very quick moment. Okay, I want I want to hear this. I've heard I've heard it's it's the it's the most talked about <laughs> interaction with a host and a Canuck player. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but uh, Bick, you know, he was talking about the new contract and what a nice thing it is for for him and his and, and his wife. Uh, here is uh, here is PDG after the in the first intermission after scoring a big goal yesterday for the Canucks. Um, you know, for my wife and I, we're having a kid, so it'll be huge for us uh, to know where we'll be at for two years. And um, we've loved it here. Uh, it's a beautiful place, great organization. So um, we couldn't be happier right now. Oh, well, goody on the one to come. But uh, what's uh, what's got to happen here for the uh, for the final couple periods for you guys? <laughs> got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> there it is. How good. What, what, was he laughing with you, or was he kind of like scoffing? Well, I, don't know. I at couldn't you? see him. We're just like up in the in the Robson gondola. <laughs> no, he wasn't expecting a little Al yeah, drop, you he know. Wasn't. He wasn't. He was. He was impressed. Uh, Chentani uh, to uh, <laughs> so to PDG and uh, and the loved ones. Uh, all right, let's get to overrated, underrated here on Canuck Central. It's overrated, underrated. You give us topics. We tell you if they're overrated, underrated, and sometimes perfectly rated. Just finely rated. Uh, All right. Producer Josh Elliott-Wolf. We will start with one from Amon. Mm. The likelihood the Canucks play 750 hockey down the stretch and draft outside the top 10. Overrated or underrated? Uh, Overrated. That's not going to happen. Famous last words, perhaps, but... I know. I know people have been asking me, too. It's like, you thought they're not going to keep this going or whatever. I still don't think they fall out of the top 10. I mean, bottom 10. 95 points is still possible Just, for no. the Canucks. It, possible, yes. It is nearly implausible. It would be a 21-game win streak, all told. I know Jeffro texted in. Didn't the uh, A's win 21 games? Yes. I mean, yes. It was also midseason, not like to finish the year. You know how JT Miller said he's tired of every game being a game seven? <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> he keeps playing the way that he has. Um, okay, so 750 hockey. Is 750 hockey out of the question for yes. this team? Okay. They have as like as the curr- easiest schedule in yeah, the Yeah, but as currently, I, I know, like they have a lot of guys out of the roster too, man. Yeah. I mean, again, famous last words. That's They're going to get Heronic in here. You're like, you're getting better. 
It'd be funny if they go in the tank as soon as OEL comes back into the lineup, though. Yeah, if I was going to told you, <laughs> then everybody's told you so. Anyways, uh, it's very unlikely. Uh, so, yes, it is overrated. Ray, winning hockey when there is zero pressure to make a playoff spot. <laughs> overrated or underrated? I mean, it's, it's overrated. Of course it is, right? It's and, September baseball. Yeah, it's, it's overrated, right? And this is... We've seen this with other teams in the past. I mean, the Jets, before they moved to Atlanta, were famous for this, being out, making late pushes. People got excited the next year. Same thing kept, kept repeating itself. There are tangible things we're seeing. There are positive team culture, all that, yes. But there's a break. There's like a yeah. four-month break between the end of this season and the start of next season. A lot happens over the course of an offseason. So there are things that are good. But I think it's overrated because we've seen this before to some degree, and it yeah. falls flat next year. For us to really buy into it, it's incomplete. Show me, show me in training camp and early next season, and I'll be convinced. So, I'm t I'm torn on this because there's things you see on the ice, and you're like, okay, like that that I can get behind. And the biggest one is probably JT Miller. Like last night, it's his 30th birthday, and guy looks like he's shot out of a cannon on some plays. Like he's playing with more pace in these last few games than he had at any other time of the season. And he's, you know, playing that power forward style, getting in hard on the on the forecheck, knocking pucks loose. Yeah. Great playmaker, great vision on the on the Di Giuseppe goal <laughs> to start last night's game. You know, all of these things are happening right now for for JT Miller. And you know, that's a player I sort of expect that from. Yeah. But we did not see anywhere near this level at the start of the year. From a team, I think it's overrated. Yeah. From individual players, maybe I can f find underrated. Demko falls into that category too. Same thing with JT. Okay. I'll give you that. In They're star players. I'll, yeah, I'll give you that on some individuals. I just, I hope we get some clarity from JT on, on what exactly he but may you, have been going through. But, but JT, I'm Bick brought this up on the postgame show last night. Like, JT is a notorious slow starter and a strong finisher for his career. Yeah. Like, this is kind of what he's been. And Bick made the joke, like, stop trying to be Shaq. Like, don't try to work <laughs> yourself into shape. Come to camp in the shape you need to be in. And that's a joke. Yeah. But it's more like, what do you need to do in the offseason, whether it's mental or physical, to get off to a good start? Well, it's uh, Rick Tockett with the uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Like, I'd like to see my guys here four weeks before training mm -hmm. camp starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, this one from Discount Dracula. The Canucks trading their first round pick this year. Overrated or underrated? It's getting discussed. It's overrated. It's not going to happen, I don't think. I mean, we can we can talk about what would need to happen for that to occur and what what the likelihood of it is if the Canucks do pick outside the top 7-8. Yeah. It becomes a different discussion point. I still look at it as being an, an overrated discussion because a lot of things have to happen for that to be a true... Well, first and foremost, you got to be able to like open up cap space, right, in order to use it on something tangible. Because right now you don't have you have negative cap space. Essentially, we've broken this down a thousand yes. times. Um, you have essentially negative cap space as it currently stands going into next year. So, like, what are you trading the first round pick for? You know, a bag of beans. <laughs> There's nothing you, out there that you could trade it for that makes sense right now, and you don't have any cap space. So you've got to open up cap space first and foremost. But is the notion of going out and adding another big-time piece, should you be able to open up that cap space underrated? Whether that's with the first-round pick or finding some other deal out there that could net you another top-six type player, another 
you know, top four defensemen in the Philip Ronick mold that we just saw them make before the deadline. 25 or under. Is that idea underrated? Like, if you could open up the cap space, is adding another one of those pieces an underrated idea for this team that wants to win more in the short term than the long term? Yes, but I also think, I don't think this team wants to be in a position where they're making no first round selection and no second round selection this year. I think they understand you have to have a backfield. Like we, we spoke about this quite a bit yesterday. It's yeah. not just about making good trades for veterans and finding these, these younger guys and these uh, guys within the margins. If this team actually does start elevating and you start paying Patterson and Kuzmenko more and all these players are heroic, what do you need? You need young, cheap players coming up on ELCs. And we're going to find those guys. You got to draft them. Yeah. So like, even your plan for the next three to four, five years, 10 years has to include prospects coming up through your system. So yes, I agree it's underrated, the idea of doing that. But I still think for them to move their own first round pick, they would have to acquire another first round pick somewhere, even if it's a late first round pick, or at least a second or a couple of seconds. Because otherwise, you're putting yourself in a position where you only have third and fourth round picks again. Yeah, that's not ideal for the team. So that would be... Overrated. Alonzo, Phil DiGiuseppe, oh. overrated or underrated? Under, I uh, Underrated. Wow. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Josh? You're saying I have a biased opinion on Phil DiGiuseppe? Could you imagine if you came on and you were like, overrated. Get him off the team. That would be a great, great. <laughs> what a heel turn. That would be a great heel turn. And the guy's been uh, legit good for the Canucks that's coming up from the Abbotsford Canucks. He has been. He's been good. He's been fine. You know what? And I think his contract actually is an indication that he's going to get a chance to earn a spot next year. I don't think you give him a two-year deal if you just view him as AHL fodder. Like, there, there's yeah. a, he's not being guaranteed anything, but he's got a chance. One of, one of the strangest things is that, you know, he looked like he'd won a job in two of the training, like the two training camps he'd been here. Yeah. Injuries played a part. Yeah. But... Um, he was good enough in training camp to win a job, and then it just didn't happen. Dan was apoplectic. I was. Sat down the first I was very time. upset. Yeah, was <laughs> very Maple upset. Gretzky deserved a chance. Maple Gre- Does Maple Gretzky actually make sense? Like, we saw Drancer today before the show, and he's <laughs> yes. like, Maple Gretzky? He's Italian. How does that work? Uh, I guess so. But I, I-, I took it from... Uh, Andrew Wiggins, yeah. who going into his draft year was called Maple Jordan because he's from Maple, Ontario. And, you know, Phil DiGiuseppe is from Maple, Ontario. Was he, he could called, very well be Maple Gretzky. There you go. Was he called Maple Jordan because he was from Maple specifically or just because he was from Canada? <laughs> from Canada. <laughs> yeah. He's from Maple. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking I of I mean, you, like, yeah, you could say it that way. I, I thought of it always as Maple Jordan because it's Maple. I always thought it was Canada because Americans <laughs> don't see many Canadians get drafted. But I don't know. It okay. can work for both. Yeah. Basketball, for both. Phil. For those in the Vaughn area. Uh, that one's for you. Maple. That's for you. All right, our three <laughs> listeners in Vaughn, you're going to appreciate that hey, one. Hey, you got a, one host from Vaughn. Anyways. <laughs> I'm saying two more. I try to hide that part, but anyways. Not well. Not, not, yeah. not, as soon as Vaughn came, came up, came he around, was you know, I was like, hey. <laughs> he got very defensive. Uh, basketball Phil. March Madness brackets, overrated or underrated? You know what? Like, So I used to think they're underrated, but now the thought of even filling one out... <laughs> Like it's it's like a chore. So like yeah. I, I feel like I'm bullied into joining two, three different pools, and I'm like I gotta spend my Wednesday evening tonight, you know, filling yeah. out brackets for teams I have no idea what they're actually good at doing or not doing. Just gotta do it based on vibes. I'll tell you, I, I played a, li- a lottery. I had a little bit of a mind bend finding out that Alabama was the top team. Bama? Yeah. 
Like what, is Nick Saban coaching basketball now? Man. What's going on? Man, and I used to be so into college basketball. Like I used to be all about March Madness, man. All about March I Madness. I was only ever uh, get hyped for the tournament guy. Yeah? Yep. But I used to actually get hyped for the tournament. I'll, I'll still fill out the bracket. I actually just went totally random this year. Did you? I gotta fill it out. <laughs> I suckered into it. I go random. I'm not gonna try year. and pretend that I've been watching college ball all year long. Have you been watching college ball all year long, Josh? No. Do you know how, no. what team is, is going picked, to? I picked Drake to win a couple games because I thought the name was fun. Yeah. Like that's the name of a guy. <laughs> I know that guy's music. <laughs> I will pick the basketball team. Other than that, it was all uh, it was all vibes. I uh, I would say it's uh, for me uh, as I've gotten older, it's it's become uh, a little bit overrated. Yeah. The pools aren't aren't as like uh, serious as it were when I was younger either. You, you know what's fun about it though? It, it is fun when. If you actually do believe in a few teams, yeah, and then you can also you make your bracket and you also wager on the games, yep, and that can be fun. Who's the 15 seed that's going deep this year? Yeah, I mean, dude, if or you can pick an upset seed. or two, Colgate. There's always a 12 seed that that wins over the five. Yeah, like if, you know, I think we, we focus so much on the bracket. To me, the fun stuff is like <laughs> Josh just like looks at the Colgate. Colgate, that's a, that's a team. That's, it actually is. That's yeah, yeah, they're 15 seed. Yeah, Colgate, Colgate College. Uh, now, so like, and that's the thing. Like to me, the most fun part. Is just looking out some of the um, higher seeds, the lower seeds, yeah. and look at teams that shoot the three well, and then like pick those teams for upsets. <laughs> and that's usually what happens: a team that plays decent defense and can shoot threes, yeah, because they can get hot and they can they can pull the upset and pick out a few of those teams and wager on them to pull the upsets. That's the most fun part of. Elon is telling me that Drake is actually hot right now. Oh. Drake is hot right now. So? And there we go. I heard he's coming to Vancouver as well. Well, not that one. Big show Big show in August? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Not on sale and With 21 Savage? <laughs> I know. I heard uh, the People Show is giving away tickets. They Next. are? Next week. Next can week. can I win the tickets? <laughs> well, uh, why do we never get tickets to these things? I don't know. Uh, Vicky, Darkness Retreat. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> We'd have to ask Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I've not been on one. Listen, if you go to into how, how many days did you spend in darkness? Four days. If you go four days and you spend it in complete darkness, yeah, and you choose complete darkness as a football program, <laughs> what does that tell you about <laughs> the process he's undergone? Yeah. And you know what? I actually like a lot of the players the Jets have, like especially on offense. Do you like the ones they're bringing in? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> So I was like, I want to get away from Green Bay where all these where we don't have good, enough good weapons, but I want all my Green Bay weapons with me. I can't believe they've already signed Lazard. Now they're looking into Randall Cobb. It's just like, man, Rodgers just can't get away from his boys. Uh, the darkness retreat. Do you think you could last one day in complete darkness? Like, what was the situation? Did he have food? Did somebody like bring him food? Well, drop him yeah, food I assume whatever? that's part of it. Yeah. I think you get food, you get like water. Yeah. And then other than that, it's just sitting in a dark room. I, I saw a video of some dude who did it. Like I saw I saw the the YouTube uh the Twitter video was like 2 or 3 minutes. I haven't seen the full thing, but it so kind of what you just watch a black screen. Well, essentially it's, it's like a <laughs> yeah, what are they called? The infrared cameras or whatever. Right. So you have it set up in the dark or yeah. whatever and you kind of they narrate it. And there's a bit of a documentary on it. Yeah. And apparently like it does do good things for you, but like apparently you sleep a lot because you're in the darkness. Do you think anybody is going to come out of there though and be like, "Oh, that sucked"? <laughs> like, if you do it, you're going to have to justify it after. You know what I mean? You're going to tell yourself just for yeah. your own sanity. No, that was great. I just like I don't understand. They make like uh, horror movies on this stuff. What was that Ryan Reynolds movie where he's like buried in a casket? 
Buried, I think. Oh, was, was it called Buried? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like, who wants this? I don't know. I, sound, I guess no, it's man, like it, it gives me anxiety. It tests your discipline to yeah. sit in the darkness for four days. Is that is that the the thinking behind it? You can meditate and then play on the jet for seventeen weeks. <laughs> I found myself. <laughs> He's done, he's done a lot of these find himself kind of retreats, the ayahuasca thing now, and then now this uh, darkness uh, darkness retreat. Well he, well, he can't ask his family, so. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Tough. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler's master's menu, overrated or underrated? Man, this is the most. So, like. So, break it down. To, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Are you? Uh, do you know Scotty Scheffler? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. When we hang out, we, we play a front yeah. nine every Thursday. <laughs> I don't know. Scotty Scheffler looks like he's 38 years old and probably runs yeah. an accounting business, and yet yeah. he's the world's number one golfer. <laughs> um, so his master's dinner is about as basic as you can get uh, for anybody. Cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. I don't know what that is. What's, but what's say that again? Cheeseburger sliders. To start. Sliders. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're served Scotty style. I'm not, there's no detail on what Scotty style is huh. for the sliders. Uh, firecracker shrimp with sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. Firecracker. A tortilla soup as well with avocado, crispy blue tortilla chips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. And then a uh, Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish. Family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasonal fries. And to top it off, a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie, milk and cookies ice cream. So essentially what like a nine-year-old would order. <laughs> but fancy. But fancy. Burgers and fries and a steak. That's, I mean, uh, that's Scotty Scheffler's. Honestly, sure. Why not? I mean, I'm sure it'll be tasty. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's not going to be the gourmet. The fish sounds pretty good. Though. I mean, it's not, not going to be gourmet, but it's going to mm-hmm. be tasty, I'm sure. I mean, it is the most... Like, I'd, you don't need to know anything about Scotty Scheffler. If you look at this menu, you're like, oh, that guy's from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> 100% this guy's from Texas. I know it already. Anyways, uh, the Matsuyama di- uh, dinner last week was uh, looked much more appetizing. It was like, but what was it? It was like Wagyu steak yeah, and all I this kind of yeah. like fancy... Mm. Uh, sushi and, and all that good stuff. Sounds delicious. Scotty Scheffler continuing to be the most boring man on earth. Wagyu but he's the meat. number one. Yeah. Wagyu also not cheap. Oh, very not. Very not cheap. Uh, what Do you like the menu, Josh? Is this your kind of menu? I, I know you're a mac and cheese guy. Well, so. well right yeah. now, not, not on the workout routine he's yes. on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to get bigger. This is great. I'll just eat all of it. Josh is like uh, bursting out of his shirts. He's swole patrol over I'm like here. sat size now pretty much. <laughs> um... I like. I love the YouTube comments. People are going to be like, oh, who, who brought the tickets to the gun show every time Sat's on? But <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I've been called that about that. I'm going to wear only hoodies from now on. Self conscious about being too swole. You know, I mean, like, it's, it's a golf shirt. Like, it's it's like. It's, like you guys even wear that golf shirt's not tight. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not. Whatever. Anyway, I do like the. I, I think I would enjoy Hulk the. Hogan menu. over here with the 26 inch pythons. Anyways. I would enjoy the menu, but I do think if you get to create your own menu, it should be a little more intricate. Yes. It can't be this boring. Mm. <laughs> it's just a firecracker shrimp. Like, what? 
<laughs> that sounds tasty firecracker shrimp. Like you know what it sounds you like. You hate spicy food. I know, but it sounds great. It, it, it like sounds like a red red lobsters commercial. And, like, and for the kids, we also have mac and cheese. Sounds like popcorn shrimp. Yeah, he probably <laughs> saw it on a red lobster commercial and was like, "This sounds like, good." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so good. It's like right. we ate great. We went to a red lobster. It's like oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, next. Next is Gordy Locke. Franchise pizza chains, overrated or underrated? Um, we got some quite good ones here in Vancouver. You know, I, I, what I will say, what's underrated about them is the consistency. Mm -hmm. I will say, like sometimes, like you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, and you you can expect reliability usually, and and I don't mind that. As I get older, as much as I like trying new things, nothing hurts more when it comes to food than getting something that disappoints you yes. especially as you get older and it's not just about the money it's just about like i, I choose what to put in my body yes. and i'm excited about certain thing i'm going out to get and yes. this is what i'm geeked up about mm -hmm. and it sucks and it's very very disappointing especially pizza is probably a cheap meal right uh but are, are you trying to say that like uh, <laughs> pizza chains are like the tanner pearson of of pizzas they're so just consistent would, so don't you you would love them then wouldn't you <laughs> Consistency is big. Consistency is underrated. Consistency matters. It does matter. Uh, like my favorite pizza is like probably not one of those like favorite pizza yeah. joints, mm -hmm. but I do think the notion that they're overrated. I get why they're a thing. Uh, sometimes convenience is, is nice, and those tend to be convenient. Uh, they also they arrive hot. Yeah, they they just you know they you know what you're getting. And there's there's value in that, so it's I'll say underrated. As Old well. reliable, like R A Dicky. <laughs> I would say I like oh, most. Yeah, great of... four seven E R A. Sign me up. Two hundred innings, baby. Mark I, Burley. Anyways, I like most pizza chains, but Domino's is always my baseline for like how good or bad a pizza is. Yes. Domino's is ah. perfectly average. Good dipping, and sauce, it's good. Though. It's good. Uh this one, Chef Swagger, Barata. Uh, what did oh. you say? Burrata. <laughs> what did you... What's a brata? I don't know. I said burrata. <laughs> oh, burrata. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> all condescending. <laughs> My bad. Uh, burrata is incredible. It's elite. Yeah. Uh, it's very expensive, but burrata is amazing. It is amazing. It, it, I mean, I will say, like, I had recently really good burrata, mm -hmm. but... It's 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 usually like a slice of <laughs> oh it's a cheese. tomato and a little bit of cheese yes and uh. now if you get a good one they'll pass some basil leaves or yes. something and I went to a place that actually had some like pistachio on it as well mm. it was delicious right pistachio, but so it's, it's not a lot it's just like it's a, just it's, a, it's it's a little, little ball bit, of cheese it's a little ball of cheese yeah. and some tomato uh, but that's that's what makes it great it's delicious in its simplicity right mm -hmm. you can do a lot of different things with burrata you can put it on your pasta you can. You know? Yeah. It's versatile. It's more or versatile than people think. Here's 30 bucks for a gob of cheese and <laughs> a quarter of a tomato. <laughs> a little uh, burrata and tomato salad. I love it. Uh, we'll end with this one. Silver and Black Canuck paying for first class on airplanes. Never done it. I don't know if I can uh, properly... Uh, so just, just based on like seeing it as you walk by yeah. and oh, knowing the menu they have access to. Well, the new cubicle things they got, like the little pods. That kind they of look first great. class is like, woo. That looks amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to, but I mean, That's I will say like this. going on a long flight though. Yeah, I mean, short flights. But I will say this, like there is, I wouldn't say a hack, but 
if you get on a flight, nowadays it's hard to be on flights that aren't completely sold out, but if you get on a flight and first class isn't sold out and you're, you know, an hour from your flight, you can upgrade it at a cheaper rate usually. And that could be a clutch decision. I've made that decision a couple times, oh, and, it was, and it was very much worth it. <laughs> very much worth it. Needed the room for all your arms. <laughs> Needed the elbow for, room. For the massive arms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would I don't know. Like, the, the, the world that we live in, like, how rarely do you just get upgraded for free to first class? It never happens anymore. Um, paying for it. The next time I'm on a long flight, I'm going to try this. Because... Long flights, even for someone like me that doesn't necessarily need the leg room. <laughs> hey, man, I'm honest about it. We know. Um, no, we're not hiding knows. anything on this show. Yeah, exactly. We're not hiding anything. Um, a nine-hour flight, it can be a lot. You know, when I flew uh, to Frankfurt in the summer, well, actually, it was Berlin. Vancouver to Berlin mm, that's before going flight. to Budapest. It was... Man, excruciatingly long. I've made, I've made the Vancouver to Frankfurt flight. Yeah. It's a long flight. And I have trouble sleeping on planes. So maybe a cubicle would help. It would be nice. Uh, we'll see. I guess it's underrated if you can afford it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> Depends on the price. <laughs> on the affordability of it. Probably underrated. Uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central.